She's ready. Church, why don't we just welcome those who might be watching online or listening to a podcast. We're so glad to have you joining us. And wherever you are in the world, if you're ever in our area, feel free to come and be a part of our church right here. This is part three of the success series. It was a three-part series. So this is the final part. And we've been trying to put some theology around the whole area of success. If you're new to church, theology is just a fancy word for teaching. And uh, But trying to get some thinking around this whole uh, area. I think it's an impor- important area for us to have some right thinking about. And I want to thank those who have taken the time and written to me over the course of the series and say how much that's helped them and uh, blessed them and freed them up in certain areas. I got another uh, email this week. Someone said they were able to take some of the stuff we shared and share it with another person uh, at their workplace. And I, I love that type of thing. So I appreciate you writing in and saying that's really uh, helped us. And just let's just, again, just if you've missed part one or two, it's online. You can go back and watch it. But we started off by reading Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that says this, For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder. What is he? What is he? He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We've asked questions like, do you believe in success? We saw that God gave Joseph and David success. In fact, the scriptures tell tell us that he enabled that success. He didn't depart from them when they became successful. He enabled them. It says in Genesis 39, verses 3 and 4, the Lord was with him, with them, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. You know, we can believe that for others, but do you believe it for yourself? We believe that God enabled David, he enabled uh, uh, Joseph, but do you believe it for yourself? Do you believe, as Nehemiah did, that the God of heaven will give us success? So we've been talking about that, and like I said, if you want to watch the rest of it, you can uh, 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 go online, and I shared last week, uh, I think in this service, how how the dentist was came here from North Carolina. For some of you who may not have heard that if you were in the 930 uh, uh, service last week. But after that service, the, a, a dentist from North Carolina who was traveling through New Zealand and driven past the gate on the night before, as he was driving past, he felt the Lord say, go in there, I've got a word for you tomorrow. He was here on holiday, just pulled off, heading to Capri Island, and uh, just sitting out there. And, and as he passed, he felt the Spirit of God say that. He came in here the next day to the service. And see, here's where he, he met me at the end of it. He was crying. He was weeping. And, and when I asked him what was wrong, he, I, 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 he said to me, you know, he told me the story that God was going to give him a word. And he said, here's what I've been struggling with. I run a, I'm a dentist. I run my own practice. I've got lots of people working for me. But he says, I am under so much pressure. And I'm just sitting there and I, I, I'm taking a break in New Zealand because I'm so stressed out by all the work. I don't know if God really wanted me in this. I don't know if I'm really making a difference in the world. I don't know if me being in business is the right thing for me. And it's amazing to me that God will bring somebody all the way from America, drive them past the gate to hear a message where he turned up and I'm saying, hey, you're in business. You know what? God cares for the business person. God loves the business person. God loves those. It's not just this group or that, uh, uh, that group. He, he loves 
for us to be successful. And to just know that God would do that. Just to know that God's heart would be for that just uh, thrill, thrills me. And today in this last part of the series, I finished off the last time I spoke with a quote from Booker T. Washington that goes like this. Success is to be measured not so much by the position that one has reached in life as by the obstacles he has overcome while trying to succeed. I want to talk about some of the obstacles that we might face to success. Can I just say this? In order to succeed in any sphere of life, no matter what field you're working in, we have to establish sound thinking around this area. We've said from Proverbs 23 verse 7, For as a man thinketh or a woman thinketh in their heart, so they are. So they are. Our thinking determines a lot about how we live. What we believe determines actually how we live. We cannot expect to succeed at something we secretly believe is not of God. Or if we think it's not going, going to work, you actually have to believe in the success of that which you're attempting. If you're launching out in a business, if you're starting out in whatever venture, you actually have to believe that that will succeed. Otherwise, you'll be undermining yourself all the time. And secondly, we need to remove any attitudes or obstacles or attitude obstacles, you could say, that could hinder success. Isaiah 57 verse 14, he says, build up, build up, prepare the road, remove the obstacles out of the way of my people. And friend, as a pastor, as a leader, one of the things I want to do and help you is remove obstacles. Friend, there's enough stuff being thrown at us at life. There's enough stuff that we're having to walk through. And if I can, as a leader, as a pastor, can help remove some of those obstacles out of your way, I want to do it here today. So turn to the person next to you and say, the boy's getting ready to preach right now. Come on. Go on. You didn't say it loud enough. I need to hear you. I need to know you're with me. Come on. The boy's getting ready to preach. Come on. So one of the first obstacles that um, I, I think can hinder success is an unteachable spirit. Oh, Lord Jesus. An unteachable spirit. Ed Cole, the great leadership mentor, said this, availability is not the most important factor in employment. Teachability is. Teachability is. I ask you here today, are you teachable? Are you teachable? Winston Churchill admitted that, this, he said, personally, I'm always ready to learn, although I do not always like being taught. <laughs> I think that's true for many of our lives. But I'm going to ask you today, do you have a teachable spirit? You're probably sitting here replying, well, of course I do. But I want to say, if I was to ask the people you work with, if I was to go to your workplace and ask the people that you spend your time with and say, does this person, if I was to ask your wife, or come on now, your wife or your husband or uh, your friends or those who know you really well, if I was to ask them, does so and so have a teachable spirit, would they say, oh, yes, they do? Or would they say, oh, Lordy, 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 can I tell you some things? You have a teachable spirit, it's important. Because an unteachable spirit will be an obstacle to your success. It will hinder your success. Be ones who have a teachable spirit. 
Friends, uh, we need to be ones who actually not just say, I've got a teachable spirit. We need to be ones who cultivate that. We need to be ones who cultivate that in our life. Here's why. Author John Nesbitt said this, In a world that is constantly changing, there is no one subject or set of subjects that will serve you for the foreseeable future, let alone for the rest of your life. The most important skill to acquire now is learning how to learn. What's this saying? It's just saying don't be a know-it-all. Don't be someone who thinks you've got it all figured out. I've just learned in life there's always something more I've got to know. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding. Uh, There there is always more to learn. There is always more uh, 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 to understand about the world that we're living in. You may know a lot of things. You may know a lot about a lot of things, but there is always more to be known. You know, as a pastor and a leader, one of the things I've, I've found is it's hard to know who's unteachable. It's hard to know who those, what that person is like. But you do find out when you have to go and bring correction or when you go and have to tell something to somebody at that stage, it, you, you can find out who has a teachable or unteachable spirit. Over the years as a pastor, I've been doing this for a long time, even though I look incredibly young. Amen, amen. Uh, but the, the surgery is expensive, but it, it works. But, you know, I, I've found as I've walked through this, this, this journey, uh, um, you know, sometimes over the years, people come to me and say, Pastor, you can tell me anything you want. I'm, I'm just here. I'm open. Just share with me. And so I actually believe them and think that they're really uh, uh, meaning that. And so when I do it, the next thing I've found out, they've moved to the church down the road. It's none of you people. It's the people in the other churches now. They've gone. They've left and moved uh, uh, on. And I was like, why? What is that? It can be an unteachable spirit. We need, to, we need to make sure that we cultivate a teachableness in our lives. The reality is every single one of us has blind spots. And the problem is with the blind spot, you can't see it. It's a blind spot. You can't see it. So sometimes in our lives, we, do, you, do you know people with blind spots? Are they sitting next to you right now? I mean, obviously, very a lot of blind spots over here. Nobody else knows any. But come on, do you know people with blind spots? There are things. I mean, it could be. The truth is, somebody could have you in their mind right now, as they think about uh, think about these type of things. We need to have a teachable spirit. Arthur Schub, Schub, he's a German guy, <laughs> a German philosopher. I, I've got to stop here. Is Paul Fleming here? I don't know if he, uh, uh, he might have slipped out. I don't know because he knew I was going to pick on his T-shirt. Um, but he had a thing, striving for mediocrity on his T-shirt today. I was like, Paul Fleming, we're talking about success and you're wearing a T-shirt that says striving for mediocrity. Turn to the person next to you and say, we are not striving for mediocrity. Oh, okay. I was like, how can you wear that T-shirt today? But this German fancy big long name philosopher said... Every person takes the limits of their own field of vision for the limits of the world. Isn't that true? Again, every person takes the limits of their own field of vision for the limits of the world. Why? Because it's all we can see. And we can so easily think when we do that, that that's it. What I know is that's that's it. And again, if you have an unteachable spirit, you won't be able to receive new information or new things that are coming, uh, coming through. Do you ask questions? Because I want to tell you, it's a key to success. An old Danish proverb goes like this. He who is afraid to ask 
is ashamed to learn. Let's be ones who have a teachable spirit. The second thing that I think can hinder your uh, success in any area or uh, field is just you're bad with people. You're just bad. You're just bad with people. Uh, Listen, if you're not good at dealing with or relating to people, you will find that success will elude you. It just will. What can I do about it? Well, we need to get rid of fear. We need to get rid of pride. We need to get rid of insecurities maybe that we're carrying. And all of us have, have insecurities. All of us have struggles and things like that. And you might be saying, well, Pastor Adam, that's easy for you to say you're just such an extrovert and you're out there on the stage and all that. But can I just be honest and tell you here today that as a pastor, I am not an extrovert. I am not an extrovert. I'm actually very introverted, and I have great difficulty in crowds of people going and talking to people. But here's the thing. I haven't made that an excuse to stop doing it. I haven't made that an excuse because I've, I, I, I understand why, that people are important. I understand that God loves people, so I'm not going to let, come on, I'm preaching good. I'm not going to let my shyness or my insecurities or my things that, that, that are hurting me be the thing that stops me from doing or achieving what God has called me, uh, called me to do. I also understand that it's extremely important that I relate to people. And, and, and sometimes, you know, I do, I, do get sh- I, I, I do get shy. I'll go through the mall and I'll look down and Anita, she's a bubbly, Anita's a, hello, she's a, she's an extrovert and uh, gets energized, but listen, I'm happy to go and sit on a mountain and, 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 and watch sunsets, are there any other men like that, come on, amen, hallelujah, uh, amen, amen, no, I just want to be alone, thanks, Neil, uh, yeah, 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 so, so, Again, we've, we've got to learn and push through those things. But if you're not good with people, it will hinder success in whatever area of life. And in fact, I watched an article on the news last night about wages and the way wages are dished out. And he said, look, if you're not a team player in the workplace, if you're not just part of, part of that, that's going to affect your employment. We need to be ones who get on well with people. Tap your neighbor and say, you need to do better at that, buddy. Come on. <laughs> See, the way someone relates to other people, the way, someone said this, the way someone relates to another is of paramount importance if you want to be truly successful. And here's the thing. Success isn't just having money or doing all these, uh, you know, being rich and famous and all that. You can have all that and still be lonely. Sydney Mad was uh, Mad Wed. I don't know how you even say it. He said this: without relationships, no matter how much wealth, fame, power, prestige, and seeming success by the standards and opinions of the world one has, happiness will constantly elude you. It will, friend. What's he saying? If you're not good with people, your life won't be great. It's just how it is. It's an obstacle that will trip us over if we don't remove it and replace it with love for one another. And again, 
What's the very essence of our faith? Isn't the very essence of our faith what? Jesus told us do two things. Love God and then love people. Love God and love people. We're to be ones who reach out to people. And not only that, Jesus takes it to the next level. He takes it to the next level for sure. He doesn't just tell us love people who like us. He tells us to love those who don't like us. He tells us to love those, love your enemies. Come on, love your enemies. Love those who you don't get on with. That's the challenge. That's the challenge. We have to be ones who are good with people. The third thing that can hinder your success is unwise associations. Unwise associations. Proverbs 22, verse 24. It says, do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Anyone know any hot-tempered man? No, 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 don't remember. Anyone know any hot-tempered woman? I mean, I thank you for saying it. Amen, a quickly trick question. The men are keeping their hands down if they know what's good for them. <laughs> Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man or woman. Do not associate with one who is easily angered. I've said this many times, but it's true. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. If you mix with angry, negative, critical, cynical people who are pulling others down and pulling you down, I want to tell you, success again, may elude you. You need to hang around with people who speak hope, who speak faith, who speak possibility, who can speak into uh, the dream. Because I don't know about you, I found there's enough stuff going on in life. I'm not here every Sunday to beat you up and to make you, I want to do whenever I'm speaking something, I want to encourage you. I want you, if you're down here, I want you to leave up here. I want you to be built up and, and fired up with what God can do. There's enough people telling me that I can't do that. There's enough people telling you, you can't do that or you'll never amount to anything. Well, I don't want this. We, uh, you know why? You know why? You might have big dreams and people say, I don't care about your big dreams. I don't think you can do that, friend. It's not about us. It's about God because we serve a big God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to His power. Like Kyle said, it's faith. You might not feel it, but we're not to walk by feelings. We're to walk by faith. We need to understand we have a big God, a big God. And because of that, we can dream big. We can believe big. We can hope big because of who He is. Listen to enough negativity, friend, and it'll sink your life. It'll sink you. Alfred Montepart said this, A ship can sail around the world many times, but just let enough water get into the ship and it will sink. Just so with the human mind, let enough negative or improper thoughts get into the human mind and the person sinks like a ship. What do you allow to fill your mind? Who do you associate with? Those people will either build you up or they will pull you down. I would encourage you to hang around with righteous, upright, positive people. In Proverbs, Solomon often warns of the dangers of unwise associations. In the Message Bible, he says it like this in Proverbs 16, verse 29. He says, Their callous climbers betray their very own friends that stand their own grandmothers in the back. Well, friend, don't hang around with grandmother stabbers. Come on. Don't do it. Don't hang around with people who are going to pull you down. Don't hang around. Come on, I'm preaching good. Don't hang around people who, are, who aren't wanting the best for you. 
Friends, you know, at times I've got to correct, and as a leader, I've got to lead, and I've got to say things, and sometimes I want to shift people's lives, but it's always out of a heart of wanting to build people. It's always wanting them to do better. It's always wanting them to see greater. That's always our heart. People who we spend time with or partner with, even in business, Friend, I want to tell you, they can limit or even prevent your success. Watch how, who you link up with in your business. Watch, watch who you do business with. Watch those type of things because they can prevent your success. What I'm sharing today could save your life. What I'm sharing today could save your business. What I am sharing today could save you a lot of pain. Be very careful. I share today, who are your closest associations? Examine their impact on your life. Do they lift you or lower you? Friendships are of vital importance in determining the success or failure of a person's life. Solomon said this. He was known to be one of the wisest men in the world. It says, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Don't make fools your companion. Be careful about the relationships that you choose. Good preaching, Adam. Thank you very much. The fourth thing that can hinder our success is undeveloped gifts and abilities. Success is dependent on using our skills and our gifts well. We need to make sure, and we talked about this a little bit last week, that whatever talents, whatever things God has given you, make sure you use them. Someone said this, what you don't utilize, what you don't recognize, you won't utilize. And what you don't utilize, you will lose. Look at the giftings in your life. Every single one of us has gifts. Every single one of us has talents that, have, uh, that have, uh, God has given. By the way, this is Jeremy today. It's his first time on the drums. He did amazing... Uh, 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 job. Not like first time ever, because that would just be too amazing. But, but have you noticed that if you want to be a drummer in this church, you have to be named Jeremy? It's just one of those things. So we have Jeremy Shipman. I asked today, who's drumming? They said Jeremy. Yeah, which one? We got Jeremy Shipman, Jeremy Ironside, and Jeremy, what's your last name? Jeremy Phillips. Give it up for Jeremy Phillips. He did a great job. Today. But he's taken his skill and he's honed it. And he's practiced and he's, he's brought it out and God will use that gifting. What giftings have you got that you can grow and bring out? What's in your hand? What has God placed in your life that you can use and grow? You may have something in your life that hasn't been uncovered, hasn't been sharpened, hasn't been polished. I love what Abraham Lincoln said. He says, whatever you are, be a good one. I love that. I don't know what you are, but whatever you are, be a good one. Be a good one. Even a doorknob that's polished is attractive and stands out. Come on, somebody. I don't know. No, no, no doorknobs in here. I don't know what God's placed in your life, but hone it, practice it, sharpen it. Many have a gift or a skill or a talent, but it's not at its best. It's been left unattended, maybe unsharpened, not not really, not really worked on. 
And again, it can lose its edge. You know, if you want to be success in business or any sphere, you need to keep your edge. You need to keep that sharp edge that, that can make the difference in those things. What's in your hand? You know, one of the things I've been always able to do from the time I was a little kid is I've been able to do accents. And so you know it, on Sundays I can come in here and next thing I'm talking about the Indians and we're telling what has to be, has to be done or I can be an American or where, when I go to America, this is how I would speak to the, the, the Texans over there saying, God bless you. And, or I can talk like a British guy, can't I? Or just that type of thing. You know, we're having a lovely time here today. Or the look of the Irish, I don't know. Many accents I, many accents I can do. And, you know, sometimes when I go around preaching things, they don't say, hey, can you come and bring your deep word or whatever? They say, can you do your accents? Can you do your accents? And I'm like, hey, if that opens doors for me, if that opens doors, I want to do my, I'll do my accents if that gets me into places. Because, friends, you've got to understand that's a skill. And so I've learned to hone that and, and use that because it's something. And sometimes we think, well, what have I got? And sometimes I've looked at that. Well, what a silly school that is. Very silly. The thing is, God can use it. What have you got that you can grow? What have you got that you can expand? The fifth obstacle that can hinder success. This is an important one. Of all 14 of the ones. No, I just... just. (laughs) They're like, oh, Lord Jesus. It's an uncommitted heart. I was talking to a pastor just a week ago, and he was about to do a wedding. It was actually his someone very close to him. The guy who was marrying the girl came up and this like three days before and said, I can't do it, I can't do it. I don't know if it's the one. I don't know if it's the... So they called off the whole wedding three, three days before. Why? Because the guy was having difficulty making a commitment. Friends, we live in a world that's like that. I'm so glad for Peter and Margot. They celebrated 50 years. We can clap for them. I'm not here, but we gave them flowers in the last service. 50, 50 years. Anita and I are coming up 30 years. 30 years, yep, 30 years. Thank you, front row, 30 years. <laughs> 30 years. And, and, you know, we made vows 30 years ago, and I'm, I have every intention of keeping them. So I did the, the, all that 30. You uh, see, like, done right, you will. I'll give you one slap if you don't sort it out. <laughs> That's my accents. I'm doing my accents. You'll never make a success of marriage if you're going through it or going to the older going, I don't know if she's the one, I don't know if he's the one, I don't know if he's the one, or if this doesn't work out, I wonder what my next wife will be like. I don't know what the hell. I mean, you, you just don't do that. Oh. Crazy stuff. Have you got an uncommitted heart? Because that will hinder your success. Friend, if you're going to be in business or any area, you've got to be committed to it. You, you have to be prepared to, to sow and to work and to wait to weather the highs and the, uh, and the lows until you're well established. There is a no such thing as I just have to see if it works. You've got to be in boots and all. Can I hear an amen? James chapter 1 verse 8 says this, A double-minded man is unstable. Unstable in what? Not just in that way, but in all his ways. In all his ways. Don't be double-minded. Be one who's ready to jump all in. For a church to succeed, a business to succeed, people need to have committed hearts. They need to stick to their goals and their dreams. Mike Newland said this, genius is perseverance in disguise. What's he talking about? Just keeping on 
keeping on. The sixth, sixth, the next obstacle is an unclear vision. In order to succeed in business, we need to have a clear vision. We need to be able to see clearly what's ahead. Napoleon Hill said this, Cherish your visions and your dreams as they are children of our soul, the blueprints of our ultimate accomplishments. What does vision do? Vision keeps us focused. It enables us to see a preferred future, a clear direction ahead. Muhammad Ali, the great fighter, said this. He said, he said we need vision and will more than skill. Vision and will more than skill. He said, victory. Champions have it deep inside them. A dream, a desire, a vision. They have the last minute stamina. They have that, they go just that little bit faster. They have to have the will and the skill, but the will must be greater than the skill. What's he saying? You have to want it. You have to dream it. You have to believe for it. You have to see it. You have to be able to take hold of those things if you're to see, see success. The seventh and final was simply this. An unmotivated heart. An unmotivated heart will hinder your success. Jack Hiles said this, the man who gets ahead is the man who works while others sleep. The one who is motivated. You know, some people are so unmotivated that they, they will find it difficult to succeed in anything. Don't be that person who says, I'm so apathetic, but I can't be bothered doing anything about it. That's slow, that's just settling through, the, settling through the crowd. Thomas Edison said, opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and looks like work. We need enthusiasm. We need energy to make a success of our lives. Thomas J. Watson said this, the great accomplishments of man have resulted from transmission of ideas to enthusiasm. Enthusiasm, because <laughs> I don't know what enthusiasm is. Here's the thing. We're often content to dream and not act. To dream and not act. People have dreams and often sit wishing they could do something or be someone significant, but they just never put anything into action. And so dreams are never realized. I've said this example before. Who thought of the personal computer having it in every home? Some will say it was Steve Jobs. Others will say it's Bill Gates. Well, friends, they're the ones who did it. I don't know if they thought of it first, but they're the ones who did it and made it happen. They didn't just dream about it. They acted upon it. And I want to encourage you today. Maybe you've got a dream in your heart. Maybe you've got something that you're believing God for. Well, then act upon it and allow God to turn things around. There are three types of people in the world. Those who make it happen, those who watch it happen, and those who wonder what happened. Don't be one of those kind of people. Have a teachable spirit. Learn how to get on well with people. Make sure you choose your friends carefully. Develop and sharpen your God-given gifts. Be committed. Get some vision and get motivated. And again, do it all with the power of God. Because someone said this, 
Success without God only makes temporary friends and admirers. Whatever we're doing, we want to make sure God is in the very center of it, that God is in the very heart of all that we do. Whatever we do, as Hayden said in his testimony, we do it for Him. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Just in this moment, I want to give people an opportunity to receive Christ today. If you're here today and you know that you need to get right with God, I don't want to finish this service up without giving you that opportunity. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, that's me. I need to get, I can sense it in my heart right now. I know I need to get right with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer that says, Jesus, come into my heart. Be the King of my life. If that's you and you're saying, I want to be included in that prayer, Pastor. In a moment, I'm going to get you to put your hand up and we'll pray that prayer together. Friend, you might be here and thinking, I don't know if God would love a person like me. You don't know how bad I am. Friend, I always remind people the good news of the gospel is not how bad you are, but how good God is. He made a way where there seemed to be no way. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you and you say, Pastor, I need to get right with God, would you include me in that prayer? Would you be bold enough wherever you are to put your hand right up nice and high so I can see it here today? Anyone who needs to get right with God, is there anyone here today? I want to finish this ser service without giving people that opportunity. Anyone? Nice and high so I can see it. Thank you. Okay, down there at the back. Anyone else? Anyone else? You know you need to get right with God. Amen. Let's pray with that person who's put their hand up. Lord Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. God, change my life. Cleanse me of my sin. Be my Lord from this day forth. I turn my heart towards you. I open the door of my heart. Come in and be with me. From this day forth, amen.